no matter how black, overwhelming and complete darkness may seem, that the smallest light overcomes and transforms. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. (laughs) Friends, it's great to be with you this morning as we unpack what this light means in thinking about the light that transforms. And as Stan has already said, it's a great privilege to be able to come to a partner in sending church that's part of sending workers to least reached communities, dark places where the light of the gospel can bring about a change in people's lives. This morning we're going to be reading from the Gospel of John, and if you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to turn to chapter 8, and I'm going to read from verses 12 through to 20. John chapter 8, verses 12 through to 20, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus spoke to the people once more, and he said to them, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. And Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you don't know this about me. You judge me by mere human standards, but I do not judge anyone. If I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father, they asked. And Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury, but he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the light of the world. We pray this morning that you would bring light to the dark places in our own life. Help us to hear you. Help us to Put aside those things that distract us from the week that's past or the week that's coming that you may speak to us clearly this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as Stan said, today I have the privilege of starting the new series in your church, I Am Jesus. And we're going to do that over the coming weeks. Well, you're going to do that. I'm only here for today. And we're thinking about the statements that Jesus made about himself. The I Am statements, they're called. There's seven of them. And they're all found in the fourth gospel at the start of the New Testament, written by the Apostle John. And this morning we're going to look at the second one that is listed there. It's mentioned in John chapter 8, verse 12, that we've just read, and it's also in John chapter 9, verse 5, where Jesus declares that I am the light of the world. And I want to answer two questions in doing that this morning. What does this say about Jesus, but what does it mean for us? What does it mean for you? As we look at this passage in John's Gospel, we're going to explore it in a couple of ways. About a light that does three things. A light that reveals those things that we can't see on our own. 
a light that is trustworthy and reliable, a light to us that grows us and his kingdom as we let our light shine. So keep your Bibles open, and if you've got a couple of thumbs, keep that in John 8, and we're going to look at a couple of other passages as well. But it's good to consider context, isn't it? Let's think briefly about what's happening here as Jesus makes this radical statement about himself. Much of John 7 is confusion about who Jesus is. No one really understood what he's saying and who he's demonstrating himself to be. We're told he's travelling around Galilee with his brothers and the Jewish leaders are plotting his death. It's coming to the time of the Jewish festival of tabernacles or shelters when the people would celebrate God's presence with them in the wilderness wanderings as they left Egypt. His brothers headed off to the festival. They left Galilee and headed there and Jesus said, I can't go yet, it's not my time. But a little while later, he secretly, a bit of a covert operation, Jesus went. And in chapter 7, verse 14, we read that midway through the festival, he begins to teach at the temple. And there is questions and doubt over who Jesus is. At the end of the festival, he makes this bold statement about himself, this declaration, this emphatic statement of who he is, and more so what he's come to do. But there's division in the crowd. There's unbelief. The temple guards themselves are confused. They've never heard anyone talking like this in verse 46 of chapter 7. And their leaders scoff at them that they probably have just been led astray. Even the leader Nicodemus, who had had interaction with Jesus before, had said, it's not right that you're arresting this guy. He's done nothing wrong. The others said to him, so maybe you come from Galilee as well. Because no prophet comes from Galilee. And in the midst of this darkness, at the end of the festival, Jesus speaks again in verse 12 of chapter 8. Now, there's a story in the middle there about a lady who's caught in adultery. And there's no doubt that this story is true. But a lot of the original sources will say it doesn't actually fall within this narrative. So as we're reading through this story, we're going from verse 52 and straight through to verse 12. And Jesus has taken a pause and he addresses the people again and says, I am the light of the world. So the first reality, I think, for Jesus in saying this is that he reveals those things that we can't see on our own. He reveals what we don't know and what is hidden, the way ahead, the sin in our life, and the truth of who he is as well. Have you ever stood outside in the early morning as the dawn is breaking and the sun starts to creep out? It's a bit like watching the scenes of a river running down a dry creek bed for the first time in years. It fills up all the little crevices, doesn't it? And that's what the dawn does when it breaks. It comes and it reveals everything. All that was shrouded and hidden becomes amazingly clear. And when we were in darkness at the moment, a bit of that time ago, I couldn't see the edge of the stage. And yet that little light revealed some of you in the front row and where the edge of the stage was. And the reality of Jesus as Messiah coming is that he's a light to a dark world, the liberating light that the world needs. The light of Jesus is the one in this story that both judges and saves. That's what light does, doesn't it? When it reveals. 
It reveals, it exposes those things which is hidden, and at the same time, it saves us as we recognize those things that we need saving from. Jesus is the light of the world. He shows the world for what it really is. He exposes our sinfulness. Jesus is the light, is the judge who is completely impartial. As that dawn comes, it doesn't distinguish on what it's going to shine light on. It shines light on everyone. Now, friends, that might be both a terrifying and a completely liberating experience at the same time. But the reality of Jesus' light shining on those who deny him is going to be judgment, isn't it? Light and darkness can't truly coexist. When the light of day comes, the darkness of night goes away. The devil and everything that is against what God desires, which is what we call sin, wants to remain in the darkness. It cowers away from the light, knowing what the light will do. I don't know if you've seen the film I Am Legend with Will Smith. It's one of those things on Netflix that I don't mind watching from time to time. But the mutant tormentors of Will Smith's character, they hide in the darkness. And as soon as the light starts to come, they're cowering back in the corner. And that's a bit of the reality of the light of Jesus when he comes into the world. For the sinful ways in which we live are going to cower away from that darkness. In John chapter 3, verse 20, it says this, All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. No wonder the Jewish leaders and the Pharisees in chapter 7 were trying to get rid of Jesus. No wonder they were trying to plot the way that they could kill him. They wanted to hide him. He was the Messiah who was going to reveal everything, even if they didn't recognise it at the time. The sin in their own lives, and friends, I think it is the same for all of us, isn't it? We can get very good at hiding things in the dark places in our own life. But God can free us from them with his marvellous light. Darkness and despair is a wonderful promise. It won't go on forever. And Jesus is declaring that as the light of the world, we need him. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. put it well when he said this, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And Jesus is saying here in John 8 that the day will come when Galilee will be filled with his glory in a land of deep darkness. In that land, a light will shine. Jesus, as the light of the world, who exposes our sinfulness, also reveals to us the very way those sins can be removed. The psalmist in chapter 18, verse 28, tells us that God's, God lightens our darkness. The wise man in Ecclesiastes 11, 7 says this. He talks about light being pleasant. How sweet to see a new day dawning. Friends, that's the light of Jesus. It's a gift to us. Revealing our need of him and the sin that separates us from him. That's who he is. Light is the brightness that enables us to see things as they really are. The light means that we cannot hide. And what better response as it reveals all is to accept and thank Jesus for who he is and that he saved us. 
Leon Morris, in his commentary, says this, To have the light is to have Jesus. No light apart from right relationship with him. So Jesus, the light that shines in the darkness and reveals what we cannot see on our own. Well, that's the first thing. I think the second thing that comes out in thinking about Jesus as the light of the world is that he is the one who guides us and he's trustworthy and he's reliable. Now, you've probably said this or had it said to you, don't worry, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Who said that to somebody recently? Who's had it said to them recently, going, well, I can't see the end of the tunnel? Well, my siblings and I, when my parents bought a bush property in New G, anyone knows where New G is? It's on the road to Mount Borbor, outside of West Gippsland. And one day, exploring out in the bush, down into the creek, next to where the old train line used to go, we discovered a tunnel. Now, for 15, 13 and 11-year-old boys, that was magic. We found this tunnel, you know, egging each other on, you first, no me, no you got down low and looked into the tunnel and you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. What a difference it makes when you can see the end of the tunnel and the light, the light that guides you to the destination. What a wonderful reality for all of us to know that Jesus is that light. He's the light at the end of the tunnel. He leads us out of darkness. He's the guide that leads us to himself He's trustworthy. He's reliable, completely reliable. I was reading a newsletter from one of our workers recently who said this as they arrived back in their country of service at 3 a.m. in the morning. And he said, And the electricity was on. And when we arrived home at 3 a.m., it's so much more welcoming when the lights are on. The welcome home for them is the same as what Jesus is saying to all of us. It's the welcome home when the lights are on. But you might be asking, well, how can we know that this light is true? How can I know that it's worth betting my life on this Jesus character we're talking about? What makes Jesus' statement about himself something that we can trust and rely on? It's a good question, isn't it? Well, friends, light bears witness to itself. That's why when you read about stories in World War II that everyone in Europe would put black over their windows so the bomber pilots couldn't see them because light reveals what it is. Light shining proves that it's there. It establishes its claim on its own. And that's what Jesus is doing here in this statement to a dark world where people doubted who he was. Jesus is powerful, the one who can separate darkness and light. Many of us will be familiar with the start of John's Gospel in John chapter 1, verse 1, when it says, In the beginning the Word existed, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's referring to Christ, referring to Jesus, the eternal Word. But listen to what it says in verses 4 and 5 of that same chapter. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Amen? That's the truth of who Jesus is. It tells us that Jesus was there at creation. He was there at the start. When in Genesis 1 we read that the light is separated from the darkness, Jesus was present at that moment. John tells us that Jesus was at the beginning. This is the light that has 
the power to change. And friends, we can trust it. Jesus' statement, I am the light of the world, declares his place of authority in judgment and love over the world. He has authority. He can be trusted. The prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament declared this in chapter 9, verse 2, as I read that for you. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. What an amazing statement of who Jesus is. God's trustworthy presence is something that was constantly working in his life to try and prove to the Israelites during their wilderness wanderings that he could be trusted. They can rely on him. They must rely on him. We can rely on him. We must rely on him. During the Feast of Tabernacles in the temple, there was a huge candelabra, a huge big light source that was lit. And it was something that would remind the people of the pillar of fire that guided the people in the wilderness wanderings. And it's interesting, in these previous two chapters of John, we have some images of the wilderness wanderings, the way that God looked after his people. In John chapter 6, there's the manna, the food that would feed them. Jesus, the bread of life that you're going to look at in a couple of weeks. In chapter 7, it's the water from the rock, the drink that will stop you from being thirsty. In chapter 8, where we are today, the pillar of fire, the light of the world. The guiding light that reminds us of his presence, the light to follow, the one that we can trust. Jesus has it all covered, doesn't he? I am the light of the world. And yet it's interesting after Jesus makes this staggering declaration about himself, that in verse 13 of John 8, we read about the Jewish leader's reaction. You see, they tackle Jesus not on the fact that he said, I am the light of the world, but they tackle him on the legality of him witnessing to himself, about testifying to himself. They've missed the point, but they're going for the legal thing. And this is what it says. The legality of being able to testify to himself is not right. You can't do that. One person can't testify. You need two, Jesus, according to the law that we read in Deuteronomy 17. And yet, as Jesus answers, any doubt about his legitimacy is cast aside, isn't it? He has declared himself to be, and God the Father is his witness. Read with me in verse 17 of chapter 8. Your own law says that if you your own law says that if two people agree about something, then their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my father who sent me is the other. Friends, Jesus has proved, according to their own law, that this declaration of himself is completely trustworthy. It's in line with the legality that they're tackling him on. What's staggering is that there's no doubt about who Jesus is and what they have known in their own law they have missed in their saviour. They didn't even see it. Jesus was constantly making the point that we have to act on what he is. The light of the world, the one true saviour in whom we can put our trust and rely on completely. Jesus, the light that shines in darkness, a trustworthy and reliable light. So there's two things. He reveals what we cannot see on our own and he guides us as the one we can trust and rely upon. 
Well, the third thing he talks about, well, I think that shows us that he grows us in his kingdom as the light that shines. I've heard it said that one of the main messages from John's gospel is that the light is shining, but people don't comprehend it. In chapter 9, verse 5, he points out about the work to be done. We've got to do the work, friends. We've got to get it done. The night is coming, but until the end, I am the light of the world. Jesus' direct declaration as the light to the world is the one that calls us to action too, doesn't it? Not just for ourselves, but for everyone else around us, particularly who those who don't comprehend or who have never heard. Friends, we have a role to play, don't we? With that privilege of being saved and knowing Christ, there's that responsibility to show forth, the translation of the verb that says to, to advertise, to make known, to tell it out. People should read and see the reality of God in our lives as we shine as lights in the world. If we look back at John chapter 3 in the next verse of what I read before in verse 21, but those who do what is right come to the light so that others can see that they are doing what God wants. That's the promise. That's the call upon all of us. Well, imagine for a moment that we're in an age where there's no mobile phones. Can you imagine? <laughs> there's no mobile phones. There's no torches. There's none of that. We're out in the darkness and we've built a huge big bonfire where we're camping. The flames are going up into the air. The sparks are going out into the darkness of the night. It comes to that time of night when you have to head off to your own camp. And you take your torch made out of twigs or straw or whatever it is and you lean in and light it off the big bonfire. That's what Jesus is saying here. I am the light of the world. The light from the source is what enables you. It's what enables me. Jesus is the source of life who grows us to be like him. Warren Wiersbe puts it like this in his commentary. To follow the Lord means to believe on him, to trust him, and the results are light and life. DC Talk sang a great song in the mid-90s that some of you may actually remember. And it talked about, I want to be in the light as you are in the light. I want to shine like the stars in the heavens. O Lord, be my light and be my salvation. All I want is to be in the light. Now, Matthew 5, Jesus is speaking about what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. If you've got your Bibles there, just flick over to Matthew 5. It's the Sermon on the Mount, and in verse 14, we have this staggering declaration. And he says this, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Now, we've been looking at Jesus' declaration about himself, saying, I am the light of the world. And here he is saying to the people around him, You are the light of the world. What is that saying? That's not saying that we're Jesus, but that we can reflect him, that we can shine out in this world with his strength into the darkness because we've lit our torch from the source, haven't we? We've lit it from the big fire and it's the one that we can trust and it guides us. The result being that as we do that, everyone will praise our Father in heaven. Friends, there's the challenge for all of us, isn't it? 
It's here for all of us. If you know the Lord Jesus, that you are the lights of the world. Let them shine. Let's read the next verse in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world, like a city on the hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. To everyone in the house, to everyone in our community. We are lights that shine because Jesus has enabled us to do so, because he is the light of the world. If you don't know who Jesus is, Here's the promise from the passage that we've read this morning in John chapter 8. All sorts of false lights are out there in the world, aren't they? And you follow them, but they bring no hope into our lives. Jesus and Jesus only is the light of the world, and he's on offer to everyone. John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. That's the reality of Jesus for all of us. If you don't know who he is, he reveals everything in your life and you can trust him. Nothing is too dark that Jesus' light cannot penetrate. We have a light that we can trust. Jesus has declared it so the battery is on full charge and it's never going to go flat. He is the light of the world. What the sun is to the earth, Jesus is to our relationship with God. He gives warmth and understanding and joy. Jesus, the light that shines in darkness, a trustworthy and reliable light. What a wonderful declaration that Jesus gives. I am the light of the world. Friends, Jesus' promise is given that darkness doesn't have to be your prison. His light shines into that darkness. No darkness is strong enough to resist his light. We blacked out the whole room. I lit a tiny little candle and everyone could see it. No darkness is strong enough to resist his light. And as we think on that this morning, make the decision to follow him if you haven't. Step out of the darkness into his wonderful light. If you know him already, friends... Hear that declaration that you are the light of the world with him, showing forth the light that leads to life. Respond with your life, making him known to this community and to the nations who have never heard. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He reveals, he guides, and he grows for his glory and for each of us for eternity. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the light of the world. We rejoice in the fact that you are the light that penetrates darkness. We thank you for the promise that nothing is too dark or hidden or bad or sad that you can't heal with your marvellous light. Father, we pray that you would give us the courage to step out into that light and discover the life that only you can bring and that you might enable us as lights to this world for your glory forevermore. Amen.